What are the major things we should take into consideration when making a change or implementing a new process? Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So I'm going to tell you a little story about when I was the general manager at a national company. I was about 33 years old, and I had a I ran a branch with about 65 employees. As I mentioned, I was young. Um, my boss was the vice president of the company. He didn't particularly care for me. Um, and how I knew this was, this is in 2007, um, before iPhones and all that kind of stuff. Was, I think actually that's the year the iPhones came out. But um, if he liked you, you got a BlackBerry. And I had a flip phone. So I knew that he did not care for me. To be fair to him, he inherited me. The guy who hired me right after I got promoted to the general manager position, the company went through a massive restructuring, and the guy who hired me lost his job, really. He was a, a regional manager, a guy I really liked a lot. Um, anyhow, so he, his position was eliminated. He took a different job in the company, and I left me reporting to the vice president, which wasn't awesome for either one of us. Um, again, I wasn't one of his guys. He was kind of an L.A. guy, and I, I was an outsider because I wasn't in L.A., and he really enjoyed being a jerk. I'll tell you, um, we were looking for a building for, for my branch, um, and we, we had the realtor with us. And, you know, we're looking for a branch for 65-employee company. Mostly people out in the field. They were, you know, all the work we did was out in people's houses. So we needed office space for, you know, 15 employees or 20 employees or something like that. Anyhow, we're the vice president, me, another person from our company, and the realtor were out looking at buildings. And, and you look at this one, and the vice president I reported to, he did um, what he did all the time, which was, um, he checked his phone to make sure we had service there. Cause you know, 2007, if you didn't have two or three or four bars, you weren't going to get your phone, your phone calls would drop a lot. And we were using Nextel. And, um, so he looks at his phone and he says, well, you know, I only got one bar. That's kind of a problem. And the realtor says, huh, that's funny. He looks at his phone. He says, that's funny. I got, I got four bars. <laughs> the vice president looks at him and goes, we have 29,000 Nextels. I think I'll keep my phones and and uh, go off of my phone. <laughs> so that's the kind of guy he was. He just he really enjoyed moments like that where he could uh, show his his superiority. And anyhow, um, that's who I worked for. Uh, again, it wasn't a pleasant experience for either one of us, but he did teach me something that I use to this day as kind of a a way to navigate making decisions um, and to make sure I take all the critical stakeholders. Um, it needs into consideration before making a change, before rolling out a process, before setting a new goal. And if you hear me talk for more than an hour, that this idea permeates the conversation pretty regularly. And that is, there's essentially three critical stakeholders 
that are interreliant in all of our organizations. There's the customer, the employee, and the company itself. And if I were to ask you uh, which one you think is the most important, um, a lot of folks would say the customer. A lot of folks would say their employees. Uh, some folks would say the company because, listen, the company is essentially the business owner. And if there's not a compelling reason for, for the company to be successful, then why wouldn't you just go get a job? So there's all kinds of ways to look at it. Um, I think all of them, all the ones I've heard have merit. I, you know, I could make a very compelling argument that the employee is the most important uh, stakeholder. Uh, for most of us, we could not have the lifestyle we want. We could not build the business we want without employees. I can make a very compelling argument that the the uh, customer is the most important. Obviously, if their needs aren't being met, you don't have a company. So I get it. Here's how I look at it, and here's how I teach our employees and even our customers on occasion, uh, how to, how my approach is to this this kind of idea. And this is why I learned from that vice president. This is one of the, the few things I really learned from that guy. He was, he was a great teacher of what not to do in many ways. But this is one of the things he taught me that I could really use and take his words and, like, use them. Uh, and that's picturing each of these three stakeholders as legs supporting a stool. And it, it's a, so it's a three-legged stool. So what happens if you have a three-legged stool and one of the three legs is cut? Well, the stool falls over. And the same principle applies here. These three parties, these three stakeholders, must be considered equally in every process, in every decision. Now, I don't mean most decisions. I mean every decision. I don't mean a lot of things. I mean everything. Now, that does not mean we won't make decisions that benefit one stakeholder more than the other two. Of course you will. You will have things you put in place that, uh, I'll give you an example. We all went through this texting and driving problem a few years back. And many of us had to put um, texting and driving policies in place that the employees did not like. And in many cases, the customers didn't like because it was it made it harder to get a hold of technicians in the field or whatever. Um it didn't matter if you can't get insurance because you're you're crashing into cars because your employees are texting and driving all the time. Then nothing else really matters. So uh, there's certainly going to be cases like that where you just have to listen. We have to do this. We don't have a choice. So I'm not saying that the result of every decision has to benefit the stakeholders equally. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is each stakeholder must be at least considered equally when making the decision or the change. So too often we make changes or make decisions and uh, we forget about how that particular, or let me back up, we forget about or disregard how that particular decision will impact one or more of the vital stakeholders. For most business owners, considering how a decision will impact the company is by far the easiest because how if it affects the company, it directly affects the, the owner. If it affects profitability, it directly affects the owner's paycheck or potential paycheck. Uh, if it if it uh, negatively affects the business, it af- directly affects the owner's stability and and uh, you know chance to to reach their goals in three to five years or 10 years or 20 years. Those things, the own business owners, we we generally react to those things pretty quickly. We feel the pain, we recognize the consequences pretty quickly when it's the company that's being negatively affected. When it's the customer's needs, we oftentimes uh, can see that pretty easily because without the customer, there's no revenue. If there's no revenue, there's no company. That you know, we 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 come come to that conclusion rather quickly. 
So sometimes what will happen is we'll make commitments to customers or we'll make process changes to improve the customer experience and we'll kind of leave employees out of the equation and find ourselves unintentionally creating an internal problem. It's not unusual to hear a business owner say something like, the customer needs to do this, so the employees are just going to have to deal with it. And I'm not saying that we can't come to that conclusion. What I am saying is that that methodology, that process is flawed. Um, having a position where or a, a mindset where things are just going to happen and people just have to deal with it, over time, we're going to we're going to create a number of things that people just have to deal with. And it'll kind of be the straw that broke the camel's back thing where eventually it just becomes kind of a pain in the ass to work here or it's just not fun or we just feel like we're not, you know, we're not being heard or we're not, our needs aren't being met. And these things just kind of stack up if that's, if that's our approach. Um, other examples, kind of the flip side might be, well, this is how our employees have to do things or this is how our employees do things. This is how our employees choose to do things. The customer is just going to have to accept that. Same thing. One or two of those is not necessarily going to be an issue, but if that's kind of our default mode for rolling out new initiatives or or how we just kind of handle things, the number of those kind of issues that customers just have to quote unquote deal with will grow. And eventually there's going to be a breaking point where they're like, you know what, it's just, it's better to work with somebody else. It's It's just not, it's just not worth it, you know? Uh, we can make decisions, um, for that, that uh, on things to make our the excuse me, we can make decisions to help make things easier for our team without really thinking through the impact our decision will have on the customer. You know, again, we might we might uh, think we're we're helping solve a problem, we're you know we're saving overtime, we're you know whatever we're doing things to make life easier for the employee because they they come to us and they have a a complaint or you know we we see an issue where we can save some efficiency or whatever. If we don't take the time to just stop and say, what's in it for the customer to make this change, we are going to leave ourselves open to to not considering their needs and making decisions that we wouldn't otherwise make if we did consider their needs. So my version of doing this is to ask, honestly, seeking an objective answer, even if I'm asking just myself, but I'm asking, I really want to know the truth here. For anything we do, any process we change, any new initiative we roll out, any new goal we set, What's in it for the customer to make this change? What's in it for the employee to make this change? And what's in it for the company to make this change? Though some version of those three questions I ask every single time. And again, I'm not saying that I won't come to the conclusion on some things that, you know, listen, this just isn't going to benefit the employee, but it's such a compelling reason we're going to have to figure out a way to make this as painless as possible. That's fine. There's times where we've come to the conclusion that yeah the customer's expectations are going to have to be addressed we're going to have to we're going to have to explain to them why are the expectation is going to have to change we can't help it um sometimes it might be covering a territory right sometimes it might be uh, lead time sometimes who knows um these things are going to happen from time to time and it's not again it, i'm not suggesting that it has to be equally beneficial every time what i am saying is we need to ask the question every time and and give each stakeholder an equal consideration, even if we come to the conclusion that it's going to be something that they're not going to like. So in the case of an employee or a customer, if the answer to my question, what's in it for them to do to make this change is nothing, or in fact, it's going to be a negative thing, then I know I've got to do some work explaining why this has to happen up front. This cannot be something where I just roll it out 
and say, well, that's just the way it's going to be. And the cards are going to fall. They fall. And, you know, life goes on. I can take that approach, but I have to just be aware that by taking that approach, I'm less likely to have a positive outcome because there's going to be some resentment. There's going to be feelings that are, you know, people are going to be upset that, um, like it or not, these, these things do affect people's lives sometimes. And uh, again, if there's enough of these kinds of things that stack up, it, beca- it can become a problem for either customers or employees. So if again, if the answer to my question, for example, what's in it for the employee to make this change? And the answer is, well, listen, they, they can't text and drive anymore. They're going to go home safe to their family. Well, <laughs> they may not... They may not value that the same way I do. I'm not saying they shouldn't value that the same way I do. I'm just saying I've seen in real life young, especially young men, think they're bulletproof. And you tell them they can't text and drive, they see that as a negative. They don't see it as, hooray, I get to go home to my my wife and kids. They see it as a giant inconvenience. Um, That might just be where we land on it. That's okay. But I still need to ask the question. And I still need to objectively, honestly see if I can do this in a way that's not going to create a negative um, uh, outcome for them or what they see as a negative result for them. And if there is one, then I just have to know that I've got to do a great job of explaining why this matters. Same thing with the customer. If we're going to change expectation on lead time, we're going to change expectation on, you know, territory we cover or response time or whatever it is, you know, if we have to, if we're, you know, we're running at 60 hours a week per, per employee and we're burning our employees out, we have to cut it down to 50 or 40 or whatever. And that's going to affect lead time for our customers. I have to get out in front of that and say, listen, I know this isn't what you like. Here's why I have to do it. I can't burn my people out. They're going to go somewhere else. Or I can't, I can't burn my people out. It's going to create an unsafe work environment, whatever it is. I just have to know I have to get out in front of that. And I wouldn't do that if I didn't stop and ask the question, what's in it for them to have to, for this to happen. So the other thing I would recommend is uh, teaching your managers. Again, like all the things we talk about with this, like my job is to teach the managers so the managers roll this out to their employees that, that report to them. This is a great tool to teach your employee uh, managers to audibly verify that they're thinking through these consequences of decisions that they want to make or that they do make. You know, one of the things I want to challenge my managers is when they when they make you know, decisions that are not necessarily as large on the scale as I would make as a business owner, you know, on territory size or response time or whatever, they're still making decisions that affect customer expectations and, and, and our performance and meeting the needs and the environment the employees work in. They're, they're making decisions oftentimes more frequently than I am as a business owner. They're making these decisions. I want to hear them audibly verify they're thinking through the consequence of decisions they want to make with our customers, with our employees, and with the company. So if I can train them to audibly do this, ask the question out loud, what's in it for the company to do this? What's in it for the customer to do this? What's in it for the employee to do this? They will begin to do that, and it's a great way for me just to hear their thought process out loud. And then the other thing is, as we incorporate this idea into our regular meetings with our team, again, rank-and-file employees, not necessarily only managers, they can begin to think through the impact on the customer and the company more so than they would naturally. We're all kind of wired to be self-serving. That's just, you know, human nature. Sorry, uh, for, for the, there's exceptions. But for the most part, people do what they do because it benefits them. That's just the way life works. If we can get our employees to, to run through this quick exercise, like, hey, I think this would be a great change to make. Great. What's in for your customer to do that? What's in for their company to do that? Oh, well, I guess there really isn't one. Okay, well, Let's see if we can't come up with a version where it does benefit the company and the customer. 
that's a great way to, to get people to start thinking about all the stakeholders, which is what we would all want. I mean, I can't imagine a business owner who wouldn't want their employees to think about all stakeholders as they start coming up with great ideas that they want to implement that we, we might go, hmm, that might not be such a great idea. It's a lot, it's a lot easier if they come to that conclusion on their own. So uh, before we move on, let me just take a moment to tell you about something I'm really excited about. I told you about the last couple of weeks. Um, my book is out. It's available on Amazon. Uh, it's available at Barnes & Noble, anywhere you buy books, basically. Um, it's called Service Industry Success. There's a picture of it. or There's, there's one on the shelf right there behind me for those of you watching on video. Same. It looks, the cover looks exactly the same as the, the picture for the podcast. Same title as the podcast, Service Industry Success. Uh, if you get, jump on Amazon, you put in my name, Brian Harding, and Service Industry, it pops right up. Uh, I'll also give you a URL you can go to here in a second. But this book uh, takes a deep dive into leadership ideas, strategies, and tactics. A lot of things we talk about on here in, in a more of a broad sense. It gets really into the nuts and bolts and, and detail on some things. It talks about why we overreact as leaders sometimes, kind of how our brains work on some things and how certain situations set, up, set us up for failure. And we got to overcome those things, you know, kind of consciously working through them. Some things are very scripted conversations. Some things are very step-by-step. Other things are more broad in general uh, where, where applicable. This book is for business owners who are afraid to hold their employees accountable out of fear that they'll leave, but they want to develop strategies and tactics so they can hold their team accountable without feeling like a jerk. It's for business owners who want to teach their leadership team how to be effective managers and leaders, but don't have a step-by-step process available to do so. It's for uh, managers and leaders who want to develop uh, knowledge and skills to get their employees to do the right thing because they want to, rather than being motivated by your fears uh, or your threats uh, or pleading or begging. Um, None of us like that. Again, you can get this on Amazon. If you want to get it there, you can just go to sisthebook.com. That's SIS, as in Service Industry Success, thebook.com to get your copy today. Or again, you can just go to Amazon, put in my name, and Service Industry, it pops right up. Uh, or you can find it on Barnes & Noble or pretty much anywhere else you buy books. So back to our topic here. The first step, the first uh, thing we have to do is begin going through this verification process whenever we make a change, whenever we want to make a decision. Um, whenever we roll out a new process, a new objective, any substantial change, even if it doesn't appear, the whole point of this is to make sure it doesn't, there's not a negative consequence we haven't thought through. So even on things, and especially on things that it doesn't appear is going to have a, a negative consequence, just take that moment to ask the question, what's in it for the customer? What's in it for the company? What's in it for the employee? Again, that's my version. Your version can be a little different. Uh, the guy I learned from, the vice president I learned from, didn't certainly did not ask questions that way. He was just, you know, three-legged stool. Are we meeting the needs of all the, all the stakeholders? That was kind of his version. Mine is a little different. I would like there to be a positive benefit for all three, if possible. Um, but again, I want to. I'm seeking objective, honest answer, even if I'm just asking myself. So, if I were to ask you, which one is the most important of the three uh, stakeholders? Uh, some would say customer. I get that. In that case, if the customer is the most important, you need the employees to take care of the customer. So that would mean the employees are, are arguably just as important as the customer. And you need a solid company to take care of the employees. So arguably, the company is just as important as the employees, at least in my mind. That's kind of how it works. You may not agree. I'm just saying that this is a great way for people to develop the skill of considering other and avoiding unintentional consequences um, that are negative. So... For me, even though the customer is often the priority, it's important to consider all three of the stakeholders equally 
whenever we're going to make a major change, change a process, change a goal, change an objective, roll out a new initiative. Again, if any one of the three legs of the three-legged stool is cut off, the stool will fall over. And that is exactly, it's a perfect metaphor for this. If enough times happen where one of these stakeholders' needs are not being met, they're out. If the company's needs aren't being met financially, it, it folds. If the employee's needs aren't being met, they will leave. If the customer's needs are not being met, they will leave. That's just how it works. So this is a great way to look at it. It's a great, easy way to teach your leadership team and your employees uh, who are not on your leadership team how we should go about making decisions to make sure we're, we're at least considering the needs of all the relevant stakeholders. Again, that doesn't mean you won't make decisions that benefit one or more of the stakeholders more than the other two. Of course you will. I can't imagine you will go more than a month or two or three before you make a decision that really benefits one of those three stakeholders more than the other two. But it just means we need to take the time to consider each stakeholder equally when making the decision or implementing a change. We commonly make decisions and disregard how that or forget how that particular decision might impact one or more of the other vital stakeholders. For most business owners, considering how a decision will impact the company is the easiest how it impacts the customer is the second easiest, no question. And frankly, the third, you know, the only other one left is the employees. That's mo most often the one that's kind of left out there. For some people, it's the employee first, then the customer, and the company is forgotten. Uh, that's not unusual uh, for people who who uh, are in certain industries and have a certain mindset that, you know, uh, that's just how they look at things. I, I would, again, still argue that all three are equally important to be considered for every decision or every initiative. Uh, so if that's our process, it doesn't take, uh, or I'm sorry, if we skip this and we just kind of roll things out without taking in the time to consider how this is going to impact all the stakeholders, if that's our process, it doesn't take very long months or years even, you know, a few months, a few years at the most, until we have a number of these unpleasant things that the employer customers just have to deal with. And then we're not providing a good experience for either one or both of them, and they'll just leave. So my version is to ask, what's in it for the customer? What's in it for the employee? What's in it for the company? And that is just something I drill and drill and drill with the leadership team and employees, uh, you know, revenue-producing employees, office employees, field employees, shop employees. It doesn't matter. That's something I drill and drill and drill and drill. Uh, in the case of the employee or the customer, if the answer is nothing, there's nothing in it for them to do this, or it's a negative consequence, then I know I've got to do a good job explaining why this matters to even that out. If they don't understand why it matters and it's a negative, it's not going to happen by itself. I I'll just be frustrated if I expect that. If it's a negative thing for them and they don't understand why, it's just not going to happen. I have to work hard to explain the why if it's going to be perceived by them as a negative. Because one of the most, the most common reasons employees don't do what they need to is because they don't understand or agree with why it matters. So this is a great tool for you and, and for me and for our managers and for our employees, really incorporating in this how, how um, the company just runs in general. I have seen tremendous benefit in the culture and how employees go about finding solutions to problems and presenting solutions that they come up with and, and ideas they think are, are going to be helpful. This Incorporating this idea really has helped uh, people consider all the needs of everybody else but it starts with me. I have to be the one to do it first. So that's it for this week. Don't forget to go to sisthebook.com to get your copy of Service Industry Success today. 
Thank you very much for everyone who shared this podcast or given us a rating review. If you haven't yet, please, uh, if you have a friend or a colleague who's a business owner in the service industry, please take that moment to share this with them. Uh, give us a rating and a review. That's how we grow podcasts. That's how it works in this in this uh, format, in this platform. It's all about the ratings and reviews and uh, all about sharing. So our ratings are growing up every month. I really appreciate that. Uh, that's it for this week, and I will see you all next week. <laughs>